Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Come to Your Senses podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through a lifestyle of embodiment. You'll hear gems to empower you around mindset, mindfulness, somatic psychology, and neuroscience, as well as beauty, food, style, and the art of slow living to meet your soul through the senses. I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin. velvet curtain being pulled back in today's episode. This is a highly requested topic from clients and followers alike, which is life lessons from the burlesque stage. So if you're new to the podcast or new to this work, you might not know that where my career started was about 15 years ago, 15 years ago as a burlesque performer. And I started performing as a way of expressing my confidence in my body after years and years of hiding my body and hiding my sensuality and feeling like that world of feminine seduction and sensuality was simply not a club I could ever belong to. And then I started taking burlesque classes with Joe Weldon of the New York School of Burlesque. And I would say that that was my first real life experience with somatic experiencing, where I had worked tirelessly to rewire my thoughts around my body and my femininity and my sexuality for years. And nothing will melt away your insecurities like seeing a room full of 300 people squealing and screaming as you take your top off. And so what I love so much about my burlesque journey, beyond the razzle-dazzle of the tassels and the sequins and all of the deliciousness of that experience, is the inner upgrade that I received in my mind and in the way that I moved about the world. And so today, 
we are bringing back the wisdom of Kitty Cavalier, which was my burlesque persona, and I'm going to share with you some of the most valuable gems that I received from a collection of world-class teachers. So buckle your garters, friends, and let's begin. So when we see a burlesque performer, and it's occurring to me now that you might be listening to this episode and not even know what burlesque is. So let's start there. Let's start at the beginning. Burlesque is a kind of entertainment that is usually characterized by a striptease. It's usually in that variety show, cabaret kind of category. And you may go to a burlesque show and see a more classic kind of burlesque performer, which would be that showgirl gartered stockings, big feather boas, lots of glittery rhinestones, and that more kind of elegant performance. And sometimes you might see something like one of my favorite burlesque acts ever was Little Brooklyn. If you Google Little Brooklyn King Kong act, where she comes out half-dressed as King Kong, half-dressed as the blonde lady in King Kong, and where there's you know, she's acting out this storyline that we all know, but doing it in such a genius comedic way. And what I love about burlesque is that it uses the medium of the body and the comedy of sexuality to liberate, you know, for me, it was really seeing female sexuality and sensuality in a context that was outside the typical male gaze that really gave women a creative outlet and a way to play with their sensuality where the goal was their own pleasure and joy and entertainment rather than the outcome of arousal being the primary goal. And what was particularly liberating, I remember The first time I ever went to a burlesque show, it was at the Slipper Room in New York City. And just feeling like I had entered the kind of church that I had always dreamed about. You know, here were these bodies that had everything from H-sized breasts to double A-sized breasts. From 20-year-old go-go dancers to performers that were in their 50s and 60s. And there was an equal amount of reverence for whatever body occupied that stage. And that changed my life. And it changed the story that I told myself about my own body. And in my coaching programs in Embodied Intelligence, this is really the essence of the work that we do together is that the stories we tell ourselves about our bodies, our capabilities, our money stories, our love stories, you know, all these stories that shape the outcomes of our lives are not just written in the mind. They are written in the subconscious. And the subconscious is intricately and intimately connected to the landscape of memory within the body. And this is why when I used to teach burlesque, people would leave my classes looking like they had just had 
the orgasm of their lifetime (laughs) and feeling that way too, because they had been given an opportunity to see their body and the story about their body through a lens of love and diversity and what I would call true beauty, as opposed to the more learned beauty, which are these habitual thought patterns of being trained to see the raw beauty of the body through the lens of criticism and lack. And I do want to say I am taking on a few new clients this year. I have given the Embodied Intelligence Coaching Program the upgrade of a lifetime. I am so incredibly proud of this program. I could do an entire podcast around it, and I most likely will. But if you would like to be dazzled by the beauty of this offering, please head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching or visit the link in the show notes. You will know what I'm talking about when you see the page. This is an incredibly robust six-month fully supported program. So once again, schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching. Where were we? A somatic experience that rewrites the story. Yes. So it brings me to my first gem. In every podcast episode, I share these gems of wisdom that I have collected on my own journey and that have benefited the people that I work with. As always, I invite you to hold these up to your own life experience and see how these gems complement and connect the dots of your own wisdom. But the first gem comes from one of the first things Joe Weldon ever said to me, which is whatever your flaws are, flaunt them. So we were in this attic in Times Square. It was, I was so nervous. Oh my God, I was like sweating and I felt so insecure and I was, but I was doing it. I was doing this incredibly daring thing that I never in a million years thought I would do. And I had a performance scheduled and I gave my, I didn't tell a soul, didn't tell a living soul except my husband at the time and my mom. And I got to the studio and, you know, I was so nervous. I like feel my stomach <laughs> clenching and tensing right now, just thinking about it. And part of the reason is because, you know, I had been given permission by seeing other performers with bodies like my own expose and entertain and seduce. But what I felt tremendous doubt about was my own ability to have the melones to get up there. And Joe said to me, these words that changed my life, whatever your flaws are, flaunt them. And it tuned me into what I later called in my body of work, sacred seduction, the yoga of seduction. So when you are in a yoga class and you get into a particularly tight area or part of the body and you're in a stretch, what do they tell you? They tell you, to breathe. And they tell you to expand and to relax into the stretch. Because if you tighten your muscles, you're going to hurt yourself. And how that translates to the stage is that when you are on stage, 
there is this conditioned response to hide these parts of the body that you have been, or I had been shamed about. And the impulse is to withdraw. And it was a tremendous retraining of my body and my mind that when I would feel that impulse to hide or shrink, take a breath and flaunt. It wasn't just try to minimize your cellulite. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it wasn't even messages like that. It was like, let's put some liquid glitter on your cellulite and a tassel on your ass and I'll show you how to twirl it. It was this wild, uninhibited celebration of the diversity of the body and it changed me forever. So that is your first gem. Whatever your flaws are, whenever you notice yourself in that mode of hiding, that conditioned mode of hiding, deep breath and flaunt. The second gem is from one of my dear friends and teachers, Veronica Varlow, who just wrote a fabulous book called Bohemian Magic. And this gem is, if you want to stand out, slow down. So Veronica used to teach classes in this basement studio. We've gone from the attic to the basement. And Veronica is this incredibly compelling, spellbinding woman who has a lineage of magic, not just in her actual ancestral lineage, but in her spirit lineage. Like it just oozes out of her. And I remember Veronica teaching us that in this city where everyone is going 80 miles an hour, you know, kind of to speak to the last point that when that impulse is to hide, there's also this opposite yet the same energy of getting bigger, getting faster, getting stronger. And both of these are a form of hiding. And Veronica would teach us how to enter a room and pause at the doorframe, place one hand up to the right and the other hand on the left hip and slowly allow your gaze to rest over the space before you slowly make your entrance into the room. And all of us would take turns practicing. It was so magical and so delightful. I mean, this is why I love New York City to the very depths of my heart is because you just go into this musty, dusty basement <laughs> and you never know what is hiding behind that cement wall and steel door. So when you notice yourself, perhaps in an anxious situation or in a situation where you want to make a good impression, the body's impulse is going to be to follow those anxious thoughts with fast movements. And what I encourage you to do is if you want to stand out, slow everything down. Slow down in how you walk into the space. Slow down in how you ease your hips into the chair. Slowly trace the shape of your water bottle or the rim of a glass. And this is edging into the realm of seduction, but can be used in any situation to calm your nervous system and show up 
as your most vibrant, resplendent, connected, authentic self. The next gem comes from Dr. Lucky, the world's premier PhD of burlesque. I took an act development class with Dr. Lucky, who said something that really stuck with me, which is the difference between a character and a persona. So a character is an invented character. It's a figment of the imagination. It's a fictional being. A persona is a pixel of the prism of who you naturally are. So one of the first things that we would do in my burlesque classes is I would have each person choose a burlesque name. Really easy way to do this is to choose the name of your first pet and your first car or the street that you grew up on. That's actually how I got the name Kitty Cavalier is that was my ex-husband's first pet and first car. That's just one example. There is a burlesque name generator that you can visit online. You can pair the name of a cheese and the name of a flower. You can pair the name of a wine with the name of a shoe like Stiletto Sancerre. You know, really the sky's the limit here. But a name that feels good to you and that would be a fun persona for you to embody. So for example, you know, on Sunday mornings, I remember just being home and being cuddled up in my flannel PJs with my piggy slippers and thinking, God, you know, people think Kitty Cavalier just probably sits at home on a life-size powder puff in a satin kimono eating figs with goat cheese and honey drizzled over them all day. And I did sometimes. But that persona, that's actually why I left the persona behind, is because that uh, trying to embody and occupy that persona for me was incredibly draining and a lot of pressure and was only one aspect of my personality. However, if you are you 100% of the time and you decide that you want to try on the persona of Amaryllis Aubergine, which is one of my student names that I remember from back in the day, take out a pen and paper and write the story of your persona. So I used to have this whole developed narrative of how Kitty Cavalier came to be, where she grew up, how she grew up, how she moved about the world, where she performed, what she wore, what she woke up thinking and feeling what you would find in her closet, how she would spend her days. And the more I developed this persona, the more I could occupy her when I would go out on stage. And people would always say to me, where I notice that kitty energy the most is in your facial expressions. Because I was emoting, I had this emotional connection to kitty that would show up on stage, but you don't have to perform on stage in order to allow this persona to occupy more of your life. Perhaps you dedicate just that window of your Sunday morning to embodying what your persona might wear or might eat or where they might go out to breakfast or who they might go out with. One of my fondest memories is... um, 
sending my partner at the time on a scavenger hunt. (laughs) And I was inspired by Veronica Varlow, who is just the queen of this type of thing. And I sent them to a bookshop in the East Village. And I slipped a clue in a book of poetry. And I told them to uh, text me their favorite line of poetry. And then someone would call them at 6.30 on the dot and give them their next instruction. And it was so fun, you know? And Kitty just gave me this incredibly creative fun. Like it, it brought so much fun and so much permission to something as ordinary as date night with my partner. So enjoy that exercise, embody it, and I'd love to hear how it goes. And the final jewel or gem is one of my own that I think was inspired by Veronica's posing. And it is called curves and angles. So when we look at the shape that we call feminine, it is this majesty of curves and angles. So I'm just looking down at my own leg. You've got the curve of the calf and then the angle of the thigh. When I point my toe, you've got the angle of the toe and the curve of the arch. When we look at the spine, you've got the curve of the lower back and the angle of the neck. And what these are displaying is these two essential energies of creation, which are expansion and contraction. And everything in the universe is a product of expansion and contraction. All life is a product of that heartbeat of expansion and contraction that's happening all the time. So a way to play with that energy is to study your curves and angles and to study your beauty. When I was a kid, I've since learned that many performers do this or have done this when they were kids, but I would really study my face in the mirror and I would look at pictures in magazines and I would imitate their poses and I would imitate their facial expressions. And it gave me real ownership of this instrument of the feminine that is called my body. And of course, regardless of what body you were born into or what you were assigned at birth, the feminine curve and angle anatomy is not limited to those bodies that we label female. This is an energetic essence that any body can inhabit. And so if we take that example of, you know, posing in the door, With one hand on the hip, you've got the curve of the elbow against the angle of the forearm and the bicep. You've got the swell of the hip and the swell of the breasts up against that angle of the other hand pressed up against the door. And so studying your own curves and angles and experimenting with shapes, something I also used to do was to research old pinup photographs and pinup paintings And I would mimic their facial expressions and mimic their poses in the mirror to get maximum ROI on my own curves and angles. And I encourage you to play in the sandbox of that as well. 
And so, my loves, as grown-ups and adults, something that is really rare for us is play. I always say that if you really want to stress out a fully grown human, just ask them what they do for fun. (laughs) Most people don't know the answer to that question. And the world of burlesque, the sacred act of revealing through a striptease, the simple joy of sliding your foot into a stiletto can bring so much joy to the body and to the spirit. And when you are feeling satiated and joyful and playful, the whole world benefits. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it and leaving a review on iTunes. And once again, if you would like to embody more of this playful confidence, head over to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching to investigate if one of these final spots for 2022 belongs to you. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. To hear more podcast episodes and learn more about embodied intelligence coaching, head to schoolofsensualliving.com. There you'll find the full library of lessons offered here on the podcast, as well as a free video series on how to use your body language to create more natural confidence and less anxiety and stress. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com today.